we're still a great deal. The killer, the motivation of the killer in Boulder, Colorado, and other critical aspects of this mass shooting. I've been briefed this morning by the Attorney General of the United States, the Director of the FBI. I've spoken with the Governor, and uh, I'll be speaking with the Mayor on the, on the aircraft. We're working very closely with the state and local law enforcement officials, and they're going to keep me updated as they learn more. You're going to ask me to speculate, understandably, to ask me to speculate about what happened, why it happened, and I'm not going to do that now because we don't have all the information, not until I have all the facts. But I do know this. As President, I can use all the resources at my disposal to keep the American people safe. As I said, at this moment, a great deal remains unknown. Three things are certain. First, 10 lives have been lost, and more families have been shattered by gun violence in the state of Colorado. And Joe and I are devastated, and uh, the feeling, I just can't imagine how the families are feeling, the victims whose futures were stolen from them, from their families, from their loved ones, who uh, now have to struggle to go on and try to make sense of what's happening. Less than a week after the horrific murders of eight people and the assault on the AAPI community in Georgia, while the flag was still flying half-staff to the tragedy in other American cities been scarred by gun violence and the resulting trauma. And the state that I even hate to say it because we're saying so often, my heart goes out. Our hearts go out for the survivors the, who had to, uh, had to flee for their lives and who hit, terrified, unsure if they would ever see their families again, their friends again. The consequences of all this are deeper than I suspect we know. By that I mean the mental consequences, the feeling of, anyway, just through too many of these. The second point I want to make is my deepest thanks to the heroic police and other first responders who acted so quickly to address the situation and keep uh, the members of their community safe. We say the obvious, the obvious. I commend the exceptional bravery of Officer Eric Talley. I send my deepest condolences to his family. Close, close family and seven children. You know, when he pinned on that badge yesterday morning, he didn't know what the day would bring. I want everybody to think about this. Every time an officer walks out of his or her home, pins that badge on, a family member that they just said goodbye to wonders whether they'll subconsciously they get that call. A call that his wife got. He thought he'd be coming home to his family and his seven children. That, ladies and gentlemen, is unfortunately the President of the United States, Joseph Robinette Biden, speaking on Tuesday afternoon, early Tuesday afternoon, Eastern Time, on the Colorado supermarket shooting that left 10 people dead. Overnight, we heard a lot We heard a lot of speculation from the political left, especially from the CNNs of the world, from the Amy Siskins of the world, even from Kamala Harris's own family members. And all of that kind of disappeared as of this morning. Welcome to The National Pulse. I'm Raheem Kassam, editor-in-chief of thenationalpulse.com. And I will mention also the author of no-go zones how sharia law is coming to a neighborhood near you that is a book i wrote in 2016-17 when i toured uh, islamic migrant dominated neighborhoods across the western world and wrote about my experiences and we'll get into that in just a minute but i wanted to bring you those words from president biden which as I don't know what time you're listening to this, but for me, they just happened moments ago. And they sickened me to my stomach because let's all face it and get the obvious point out of the way first. That if this was a white QAnon, what are the 3%, uh, you know, whatever inspired, proud boy. Donald Trump adjacent, Breitbart reading, National Pulse reading, war room watching attacker, then I'm not sure that Joe Biden would have got up there and said, I'm not going to speculate on the motive of this attack. No, that particular line is always left, always left 
for left-inspired and Islamic-inspired attacks wherever they happen in the Western world. That and the mental illness line, which, of course, we've already heard trotted out this morning by the Daily Beast, who says that the attacker in Colorado yesterday, whose name we now know as Ahmad al-Alawi Alissa, excuse me, I'll do it again, Ahmad al-Alawi al-Isa, well, his brother comes out and tells the Daily Beast this morning, yeah, you know what, uh, He he's kind of weird and kind of mentally ill and he didn't really know what was going on in his head. I've not seen any uh, fences and razor wire erected for this uh, for this attack and this attacker. But let's try and be as, 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 without being glib, let's try and be as serious about this as possible and let's let's walk through what we know together right now i i apologize in advance if i if i go off on tangents here i've i've dealt with and confronted islamic extremism and islamic inspired terror attacks for the past decade of my life i worked in counter extremism uh, in the united kingdom in london i was often uh, consulted by members of parliament and committees and uh, the media on what was going on uh, across university campuses in terms of radicalization, on the internet in terms of radicalization. And of course, I, I wrote the book in 2017, No Go Zones, about the ghettoization that has occurred as a result of mass migration. A lot of Asians there. So when this story appeared to change overnight to me and I started to see the just the faintest of of, of of tricklings of information that the media didn't want to and didn't seem to want to talk about I thought to myself wow you know maybe we have maybe we have Islamic terrorism back on the shores of the United States and I, and I think we do. I mean, as of this point in time, I suppose it hasn't been confirmed, confirmed, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, even, even if somehow this turns out not to be an Islamic and ISIS-adjacent inspired terror attack, then I think I can be forgiven for speculating on the pretty significant evidence we have right now that it, that it is and it was. And I apologize for playing the president in 1.7 five times speed i wanted to make sure that his statements fitted into the intro music um but also he spoke so slowly i thought it would put half of you to sleep so if you do listen to this on double speed you can turn it back to double speed now you won't be getting four times speed if you do so but i want to start by talking about the date of the attack if i can because I actually have it on on pretty good information that I, I sent a tweet out about one o'clock in the afternoon on Tuesday afternoon, March the 23rd, uh, as we started to get more information about this. And my tweet simply said, yesterday was the fifth anniversary of of the Islamist attack in Brussels, which left 35 dead and 340 injured. It also happened to be the fourth anniversary of the Westminster Bridge in London attack, which killed six and injured 49. 
And I'll remind you, I'm sure you know this already, but I'll just remind you just to nudge your memory because we haven't actually had to talk about Islamic terrorism in quite some time. It's almost as if there was a US president who did a really good job keeping the border secure and keeping Islamic terrorism under watchful eye in the United States over the past four years. But the thing you'll remember is that Islamist groups, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, all of their affiliates, Hamas, all of it, they share this kind of low IQ preference for numerology and dates. You know, the, 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 the importance of repeating things on certain dates. And that is, again, I suspect, or at least this is another piece of evidence that leads me to believe that this was perhaps... And I understand that by the time I finish uh, recording this podcast, more information may have come out and I, and I won't have to caveat what I'm saying. Or maybe you're listening to it the next day or the day after. Or maybe you're listening to this in six months' time. And you're thinking, wow, why is he, why is he being so cagey about saying it's, it's an Islamic attack? Well, because of who I am and, and, and the website I run and, and all of that, I'm under constant attack to be hyper-correct. I mean, the left doesn't have to get it correct, and we'll get into that. They don't get removed from Twitter for peddling disinformation, and blaming white people for what happened yesterday in Colorado. No, they'll, they'll keep their verified stickers, and they won't get suspended for 12 hours or 7 days. But if I put a foot wrong, you can bet your bottom dollar this episode will be whipped off Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or whatever. So we're being—I'm being precise here, and I will caveat my 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 terms, which is to say that again, we we don't know at this point in time, but we have a fair idea. The guy's name is Ahmad Al Isa. One piece of evidence, <laughs> the most the most you might you might call it a prejudicial piece of evidence, but it would only be pre- prejudicial if it was the only piece of evidence that I was using, because my name is Raheem Kassam. And I am not likely to <laughs> attack somebody in the name of the Islamic State. So that's just a, 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 a thread, right? It's where you begin and you start pulling at it. Ahmad al-Isa had a lot of uh, Islamic messages on his Facebook page. The Facebook page, that's another piece of evidence. He had a lot of um, anti, anti, anti-LGBTQ stuff on his Facebook page. We know that... Uh, Islam is particularly, particularly, I mean, more so than the Christian right in America, particularly uh, aggressive when it comes to LGBT stuff. Um, Another piece of evidence. We have the quotes from family members on social media. We have the fact that social media have started taking his accounts and their accounts down. And you loop, loop all of those things together. And a pretty uh, pretty bleak picture emerges. And that picture is that after just 62 days in office, Joe Biden's regime has caused carnage on the American southern border. It's caused carnage in terms of fiscal order in the United States 
It's causing carnage in communities up and down the country that are finding themselves at war with one another over things like, you know, drag queen story time hour. It's causing carnage on the world stage. Do I need to remind you of how humiliated the United States was? Not Tony Blinken. Tony Blinken doesn't have any shame. But how humiliated the United States, you, were by the Chinese Communist Party in Anchorage last week. Your government represents you, supposed to. And that's who the CCP was attacking you. Your country, your nation, your beliefs, your principles, your values, your job security, your health. Then the CCP is rubbing, rubbing it in Tony Blinken's face. And what does he do the next day? He goes back for more. Because he doesn't have any shame. More carnage. More carnage. On the foreign policy stage around the world, outside of the confines of the CCP relationship, you look at the way that Turkey is now treating the United States. You look at what Venezuela is doing. You look at the way that the North Koreans are behaving towards the United States. And yes, it is becoming abundantly clear that everything they said about Donald Trump, every single measure of the man that they tried to say, hey, he's such a flawed personality that foreign leaders don't like him. I don't think he cared if they liked him. They, he cared if they were afraid of him. He cared if they feared the power of the United States. He cared that they wanted to make better deals to get him off their backs. That is the power of the bully pulpit. Not, what is the popularity contest in Gallup saying? And I'm aware that I'm somebody who will quote selectively from polling when it matters, but that's just the information war. That's just a day-to-day information war. That's, that's the noise, not the signal. And sometimes you need a bit of noise. Sometimes noise is, is, is the backdrop for the signal. But the signal is, now you have another bit of carnage back, thanks to the Biden regime in America. And that is the carnage of Islamic extremism. ISIS-inspired Islamic extremism. With 10 Americans dead, and a national media, who yesterday, last night, when, when this could have been who they wanted it to be, right? Angry white guy. Marjorie Taylor Greene's cousin, right? Then Don Lamont wanted to talk about it. You think Don Lamont's going to talk about it tonight? When the information that we have now started to seep through early this afternoon, in fact, before noon, CNN pivoted right away, right away. All morning long, all morning long, Colorado, 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 Boulder, 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 press conference, press conference, statements, chirons, interviews, everything. And then flipped, it flipped at like 11 o'clock this morning, Eastern time. It flipped. And now after five hours of breathless coverage, 
what we thought might be a white person shooting up a supermarket, we're just going to start randomly talking about AstraZeneca and the AstraZeneca vaccine. Oops. The fifth anniversary is the, of the Islamist attack in Brussels, which left 35 dead and 340 injured. Oh, it feels like 15 years ago, doesn't it? So much has happened. The fourth anniversary of the Westminster attack, the six dead, 49 injured. That's what they do. Dates, dates, pay attention. And I'm hearing, I'm hearing from some pretty informed sources who say, you know what, you might be onto something with that. Yeah, I know I'm onto something with that, (laughs) you know. But here's what I really want to talk about today. And I'm not going to spend that long with you on this. So enjoy every second. I want to talk about whether or not it's actually, and we're going to find out, or actually we're not going to find out. You'll find out from the National Pulse, but I mean, the National Pulse doesn't get 300 million visitors a day, clicks a day, like some other corporate media outlets out there. So I'll say most of America isn't going to find out. You listening to this will find out whether or not it was actually the media that radicalized Ahmed. I forget his middle name now. But Ahmed Al-Isa. And there are several different names and spellings. It's always the way when translating from a different language. And Some are calling him Ahmad, E-M-A-D. Some are spelling Ahmed with an E and whatever. But the guy's name, Ahmed Al-Isa. When the news first came out, it was spelled A-L-I-S-S-A, Alisa. But I believe it's actually Al-A-L-Isa, I-S-S-A. So, information is floating around out there that Ahmed al-Isa may actually, may actually have been initially targeting a Trump rally in Colorado Springs in February 2020. That reporting is coming from somebody you know that I respect the reporting of and I know you respect the reporting of that's one American news is Jack Posobiec. He's a very well sourced person in Washington, D.C. and beyond. And Jack Posobiec reports that early information from a national security agency suggests Boulder Shooter planned to target the Trump rally in Colorado Springs, February 2020, but decided to wait until the next one on March 13th in Denver, but it was cancelled due to COVID. He also added that the Colorado GOP headquarters was scoped out. Potentially a few churches also being scoped out. So again, by the time I upload this podcast, we may know... We know 
<laughs> I gotta stop trying to speak so quickly. We may know more about that. But I wanted to jump on here as soon as I possibly could with you guys and ask the question. Did the media radicalize Ahmed al-Issa? The corporate media. The globalist media. And here's why I asked the question. Ahmed al-Issa's Facebook page, before they took it down, I was on it and I was going through it. And I was looking for, for details and thought trains and any any guidance we could get on motivation or maybe accomplices or whatever. You know, the standard things you look for. In, in law enforcement and in reporting on matters like this. And what jumped out of the page to me straight off the bat was what links this person had posted to their Facebook page. What news media links. Let me put it this way. He wasn't linking to the Daily Caller or the Federalist. And no, he wasn't linking to the National Pulse. He was linking to PBS. He was linking to The Intercept. And he was linking to the Washington Post. And he was posting things like this. September 18th, 2018, 6.55pm. He inherited a growing economy and the unemployment rate was low. The economy was on an upward spiral. He won because of racism. He's talking about Donald Trump there. Another one where he quotes from the Washington, or rather links from the Washington Post. Same date, September the 18th, 2018, 4.57 p.m. He writes, and pardon my language here, that I'm just bringing it to you as he wrote it. He wrote, Trump's such a dick. And the article is, the Trump approach to refugees visualized. Now, interestingly, these aren't the only messages from Ahmed al-Issa about refugees. He had posted quite a lot of things about refugees, and it's, it's unclear to me right now whether he personally was a refugee or his family members were refugees, but that's... The, the, we know that there is that within his milieu, within his sphere. And what's Joe Biden talking about now? This 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 afternoon when he waddled up to the podium. Come on, man. He waddles up to the podium and he says, well, we're not going to speculate on motivations. By the way, the White House knows quite a lot about this. I know that for a fact. He, he wouldn't be speculating if he actually told the American public certain details. He would be telling you corroborated information but he, he didn't he just went up there and said i'm not going to speculate that's a that's a lie it's a deception it's an, an omission um and and quite frankly i think it's dangerous for him to do that because these sorts of attacks uh, are off followed on by copycat attacks copycat attempts at attacks he should have been warning americans to be vigilant this is what islamic ideology uh when it comes to attacking enemies does these attacks don't tend to come in, in ones. 
But instead, he he wants to keep the American public ignorant because it doesn't fit in with the partisan narrative. Instead, he pivots to gun control. Gun control. Gun control. Let me be very clear about this. Because the official Barack Obama statement that came out today at 12.10 p.m. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read the whole thing to you. Should I do it in my Obama impression voice? (laughs) I won't. Michelle and I grieve with the families of the victims. It's not a bad act. It's not a bad impression, is it? But I'm not going to do it for the whole thing. So the office of Barack Obama puts out a press release today at 12.10 p.m. It says, Michelle and I grieve with the families of the victims of the shooting in Boulder, just as we grieve with the families of the people killed in Atlanta and everyone else who has lost a loved one to gun violence. What about all of the families who have lost loved ones to Islamic extremism? What about all the people who have lost loved ones to America's foreign policy establishment demanding that you bomb civilians in the Middle East? How about that? And we'll get back to that. But you see, he immediately... Or rather, they, because he says Michelle and I, so they immediately try to link Atlanta and Colorado, Boulder. And everyone who has lost a loved one to gun violence. They say, we are also grateful for the courage of Officer Eric Talley, who ran into danger to protect others, and we hope his memory and the memory of all those we've lost will not be in vain because in addition to grief we are also feeling a deep familiar outrage that we as a nation continue to tolerate these kinds of random senseless acts day in and day out without taking any significant action an outrage that people in colorado have known far too often over the years and that makes me angry very angry what he just said random it's not random obama obama whose first foreign policy speech on the world stage was in cairo where he knelt before the islamic world These kind of random, senseless acts day in, day out, without taking any significant action. I could tell you some significant action to take. In fact, your last president did it. I'll continue with his statement. Quote, In so many ways, our lives may soon start to return to normal after a long, difficult year filled with so much loss. But in a normal life, we should be able to buy groceries without fear. We should be able to go to school or go out with our friends or worship together without mentally planning our escape if somebody shows up with a gun. We should be able to live our lives without wondering if the next trip outside our home could be our last. Tell it to the people who lose their lives 
because they don't have a gun. People who are raped and attacked because you peddle a narrative and a mantra that stops people responsibly arming themselves and being able to responsibly arm themselves against evildoers in the world, evildoers in the world. Whether left, right, white, black, brown, American, Middle Eastern, evil doesn't know color. Evil doesn't know ethnicity. But according to the left, it does. It only knows one. White supremacy. Everything else can be relativized away. Oh, I was mentally ill. Tell it to the people whose lives were lost because their homes have been invaded and they didn't and hadn't the ability to defend themselves. What about those lives lost? And what about the lives saved? Because people did manage. Why do we not talk to these people or hear from these people? There are hundreds of thousands of them. Every year, every year. Nobody talks about it. I'll continue. We should be able to live our lives without wondering if the next trip outside our home could be our last, he says. We should, but in America we can't. Well, he can, because of course he has armed protection with him everywhere he goes. But you are not allowed to have that, remember. So when he says in America we can't, he means in America you can't. He can. It is long past time for those with the power to fight this epidemic of gun violence to do so. He was president for eight years. It will take time to root out the disaffection, racism, and misogyny that fuels so many of these senseless acts of violence. But we can make it harder for those with hate in their hearts to buy weapons of war. We can overcome opposition by cowardly politicians and the pressure of a gun lobby. A gun lobby that opposes any limit on the ability of anybody to assemble an arsenal. We can and we must, he says. A -a once-in-a-century pandemic cannot be the only thing that slows mass shootings in this country. We shouldn't have to choose between one type of tragedy and another. It's time for leaders everywhere to listen to the American people when they say enough is enough because this is a normal we can no longer afford. The Second Amendment to the Constitution of the United States is a normal we can no longer afford, says a former President and Commander-in-Chief of the United States. As somebody not from here, that stuns me. It stuns me. It's an attack on the very fabric of the nation, of of what the nation was built on. And, 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 And the smart ones in the audience will go, yeah, of course it is. You can't build a nation in the image of Karl Marx if you try and adhere to the 
precepts and philosophies of of Jefferson and Washington and Adams and 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 and, and Thomas Paine and and the thinkers, the Enlightenment thinkers that fueled their thinking, right? Can't happen. Incompatible. And that's what we forget so very often is that we think the other side are going to play by the rules too because there is this piece of paper as he called it right a piece of parchment as obama called it remember this is the same side that over the last five years have been screaming at the top of their lungs in donald trump's vague direction this is not normal he is not normal you are not normal we need return to normality and now now he's talking about normals we can no longer afford. Mm. Mm. But it was the previous paragraph that really got my attention there, right? Because he says it will take time to root out the disaffection, racism, and misogyny. First, I will note that he didn't use the Oxford comma as an aside. It's a bugbear of mine. But seriously, disaffection, racism, and misogyny. At a point in time where we're learning that this guy looks to be an Islamic-inspired attacker, and he's writing a press release as if this is, you know, some white supremacist bogeyman that the left has invented. The Q lie, as Thomas Farnan eloquently put it in his article for us, this weekend up at the National Pulse. I commend it to you. But we can make it harder for those with hate in their hearts to buy weapons of war. It's a really nice turn of phrase. It's well written. Very Obama. Full of sound, but signifying nothing. can make it harder for those with hate in their hearts to buy weapons of war think about that because because there's no there's no test right that can that can successfully ascertain whether you have hate in your heart you can't go to the doctor and say you know can you give me an ekg find out if there's any hate lurking in there now, that is a that is a subjective you know means by which to say some people can't have guns anymore do we wish that people like this guy couldn't own a gun for sure but do we wish to take the rights away from legal gun owners and people who want to defend themselves and their land and their families and their properties just to stop this guy i feel like there's a better way to stop somebody like ahmad al-isa from owning a weapon under the second amendment of the united states that would be stop admitting entry to people like ahmad al-isa There was a president who did this. I forget. Oh, yeah, that was Donald Trump who wanted to do that. And in addition to that, stop radicalizing people like Ahmad Al-Isa. Because that's what the media did. 
that's sort of what the media does. You know, I bought a copy, an old copy of Rolling Stone magazine. I think it was back from 2002 or something that had the, had, a, had a nasty, nasty picture of uh, the US. You can Google it. Uh, but I, I, I wanted to buy it for posterity and not least because they'll probably erase it from Google at some point. But, oh God, I shouldn't use the word Google. Um, search it. Rolling Stone front cover has this nasty picture of Congress even even with a with a congressman chasing a young boy around you know suggesting i think quite widely reported at the time pedophilic activities going on and the headline blared worst congress ever i wrote a whole article about this i said look it's very clear the radicalization process i've worked in this field I know how it works. The radicalization process doesn't take place overnight. It takes years, sometimes longer, decades to lead. Remember, you're not just you're not just talking about one person here. They're talking about thousands upon thousands of people that they say attacked Congress because Donald Trump gave a speech at the Ellipse. But in reality, it's the media who for decades has been pushing this mantra into the minds of the American public that the institutions that are supposed to represent them, worst Congress ever, are rotten to the core. And that they may well be. That I'm not sure you will have that much argument from me on. But as if Donald Trump was the first to come along and say this, when Rolling Stone magazine had it up in 2002 and there's been a couple of decades since of stories like this that have appeared across the news media, on the television, attacking, attacking, attacking. What, you think people aren't going to turn around and go after a while and be conditioned by that? Of course they are. They're human beings. That's what happens. There's quite a lot of literature out there about it. So I've no doubt in my mind, no doubt in my mind that this guy was taken on a very similar journey. That's why he nearly attacked a Trump rally. But Donald Trump built a national security apparatus that actually dealt with people like this. It stopped these things from happening. And just 62 days into a feckless Biden regime who have carnage in almost every strand of American national, domestic, and international life. We won't hear much about that. But I think the media recognizes, starting to recognize at least, and realizing that People are going to wake up to it. Their culpability in radicalizing people. Radicalizing an entire, several generations against America. Radicalizing foreign nationals that settle in America. Radicalizing even the political right in America. It's on the corporate media. It's in the buttons that they push. And it's, it's us, and I say us, I, I, you know, 
I don't speak for anyone else, but I, I watch it every day and people like myself and people like Jack Posobiec and, and we work our darn hardest to bring people back to reality and fight our political adversaries fairly and efficiently. I'm talking about things like Q, right? And I know there are still some some of you out there that are Q people. But, I mean, Jack and I were saying for years, please stop with this nonsense. It's not going anywhere good. You're playing into the hands of a an intelligence apparatus that you cannot understand how large it is, ladies and gentlemen. Let me Let me humanize it a little bit for you and give you an example. The national security and intelligence apparatus of the United States that I don't believe is often working in the U.S. interest is so ubiquitous in places like Washington, D.C. and elsewhere around the world that every time I meet someone new, I size them up. Not physically. But I size them up to see if there's somebody who reports things back to the FBI or other agencies. It's not a conspiracy theory. I mean, this is just how those those places work. I mean, somebody actually confessed it to me not too long ago. Said it's not a big deal. I, I, I work as an informant. I just thought I'd tell you up front. I said, wow, thanks. <laughs> I won't be talking to you again. It's, it's the way it goes. It's the way it is. You think they're not sitting out there? Somebody's not sitting out there on the Morton's Terrace every day listening to the conversations that I had? You think they're not grilling people in congressional offices? You think they don't have moles in basically every part of public life? Of course, of course. And I've no doubt they have plenty, plenty of, I suppose what you would call psychological operations, psyops, playing out. Some are not active yet. Some are passive. Some are waiting to be activated. But they have all of these playing out across the digital sphere on all different platforms. It's an army of people. I just... I didn't plan to go there or end on that note, but I think it really bears reminding ourselves... Because it all plays in together, doesn't it? The narrative, the blame game, the spying, and now, hey, some Islamic extremist killed 10 people in Boulder. So you, America, have to surrender your guns. That's how it works. I know I said I'll get into uh, Christy Nome today, but I'm not going to have time. We'll save that. John Schweppe will join us from the American Principles Project maybe tomorrow to go through what the heck is going on with Christy Nome. But I wanted to bring you the information as I had it today as quickly as I could. 
and I realize I've already gone 45 minutes here. Where does the time go? So while there's a lot more to say about this, and the blue check marks on Twitter who were claiming this was a white supremacist yesterday, I'm going to have to leave it there for now. I hope you can share this podcast. I hope you can rate it, please, on your preferred podcast platform of choice, or in fact, all of them on Apple, on Spotify. Leave a review, leave a comment on Podbean. Send it to your friends. And remember, if you want to support our work, please go to, it's really simple, fundrealnews.com. Fundrealnews.com. I say it all the time because we need your support. And I thank you for tuning in and everything that you're doing to protect your republic.